Well, I mean, I've right off the bat, I don't know if this is not as good as the last Timothy Dalton James Bond, or if the wow factor of Roger Moore being gone has now worn off, and I'm <laughs> able to see Timothy Dalton's James Bond for what he really is. I don't know. Hmm. Wow. But okay. Don't expect enthusiasm from me in this episode. Really? Oh wow. Does that surprise okay, you? Okay, I am. As as the audience may or may not know, I never. We usually never know what we're uh, the other's opinion is going into this episode. So I must say I'm shocked. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested wow, okay. to get into this. Roger Moore was a toxic waste that I was glad to be rid of. I mean, this movie's not and a bombshell. I, I don't mind Timothy Dalton, but we'll we'll get into this episode and see okay. see how our scores compare. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh. Well. So welcome. Uh, if it's your first time ever joining us on this show, um, we are reviewing all 26, all 26 mm. 007 films leading up to No Time to Die. 26 because it includes uh, the two non-Eon James Bond films, which we've already done. We've done both of those. Those are yep. done and out of the way. In the rearview um, mirror. We are... Now pressing on to the last chapter prior to Pierce Brosnan um, and that era. So, you know, we're in my mind, we are we are closing a chapter. We are headed into the era of more modern 007 portrayals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exciting. It is. It's, you know. It's exciting to see where this goes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we rank all the films. Scale one. To, uh, we we rank the films based on eight different categories. We give each category a scale of zero to ten. Uh, then we average the results, and that gives us a number for the film. Mm -hmm. um, and we're basically just looking to find the quintessential 007 experience. If you can only watch one, and you need to get, you know, you need to get a good feel for who he is and what he does and what it's all about, then, you know, <laughs> that'll be the film you watch. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we're working on it. We're uh, getting there. First, a moment of silence, though. Uh, we've been we've been racing like mad. Yeah. Like reworking schedules and doubling up weeks and and doing everything we can so that we can get... Uh, so that we can get through all the 007 films just in time for the uh, end of November release of No Time to Die. And it's been stressful at times. Oh, yeah. Very much. But we've been, com but we've been committed. It's been stressful. It's been monotonous. Yep. It has been uh, grueling at times. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we, have, we have pressed on. Uh, but... What's happened, Pete? Mm, well, yeah. I mean, like you said, we've had moments of crying, laughing, and um, just sheer stressing out getting all these films watched because some of them are not easy. And um, it's all kind of leading up to this 
film being released in 2020, and it turns out No Time to Die has no time to release in 2020, and it will be released next year. 007 wishes... 007 treats them as if they're all easy. Right. If if you're not easy, 007 will try his damnedest to make you easy. <laughs> Particularly Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so it's been postponed. However, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's ironic timing. Sure. Because had this news come out five films ago, we may have we may have put the brakes on. Oh yeah. We may have said, uh, okay, well, we can take a bit of a breather. Mm-hmm. But now now we're into films that we both genuinely want to watch. Yeah, that's the thing. And so we're still going to full steam ahead. We're going to put out a 007 film just about every week. Yeah. Um and uh and yeah, and then there'll just be there'll be a gap mm-hmm. between you know, what is it, Spectre? Between Spectre and yes. No Time to Die. Yeah. There'd be a big old gap. Yep, that's all right. But whatever. Shit yeah, happens. Like, like you said, it's honestly at the point, we've done the grueling work. We've watched the movies that we didn't want to watch. We've shed those tears. We've sweat that sweat. We've bled that blood. And now it's like, it's the gravy time. Like it's the time where these were the films that, some of us just wanted to watch from the get-go. So now that we're there, yeah. like, there's no point to slow down. We have trekked through the snow. We've opened the sweater that our mother bought us, the exact same one, for the third year in a row. <laughs> We've suffered through Uncle Jerry's bad and confusingly racist jokes. <laughs> we might as well just eat the pie now. Mm-hmm. We've earned it. Right. We've gotten yep. to where we want to be. Mm-hmm. And now we get to now we just get to bask in that. Yeah. Now now so it's time for the that's fun. That's what we're going to do, damn it. This is the fun part. To hell with the rest of y'all. Mhm. Naysayers. Uh <laughs> so let's do this. Let's yeah. let's jump in. Let's License get in. to kill. Yes. Uh first category is plot. I mm-hmm. think this is I gave it a 5. Okay. Yeah. Um I do think it's a really interesting concept. Sure. And and was refreshing. Yes. Um, in the sense that we Double O Seven has been stripped of his license to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't had that. We, you know, that's that's we've had a lot of plots that feel sort of like repeat plots or rehashing of stuff that we've already done. But L- literally, 007, literally, there was one film that was the exact same story. Like literally, yeah. literally. Uh, almost three of them. Oh, there yeah. will be. There will well, be a yeah. third iteration. Anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so, but making 007 the outlaw is not something we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, and had it not been for the fact that I think this plot is confusing as shit, uh, <laughs> And jumps all over the place, and I never quite knew what was going on, and the rest of the time I wasn't interested enough to care. Mm-hmm. Uh, means that it it just gets a five. It was a it was a great premise, right? A fantastic setup, uh, and then flopped miserably. Hmm. So I gave it a five. Okay, yeah, no, that that's fair. I 
I'm interested to see how our scores compare because it sounds like yours might not be the best. Mine, I don't know if I'm just in the honeymoon phase of just being done with Roger Moore and I'm just getting a little giddy and excited that the Bond films that are upcoming are more ones that I'm interested in. So maybe I just went on this with a very light and easy scale. But um, you're going to notice that I gave it an upward trend in all my scoring. So to start off in the plot, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Is that the highest you've given a plot for 007? <sighs> it might. I'd have to go back to Goldfinger and take a look at that because that might be the only contender. But I don't think there's honest, one higher. I just found I it refreshing, like you said. Ab- like I liked how it was a storyline where Bond wanted revenge from a non-romantic loved one or, or relationship. And it for me, that was just unique enough to get a good score. Um, yeah, it, it felt a little 1980s ish and, and in a good way, like we've got the DEA, we've got a Colombian drug Lord and a cartel and, and then bond going rogue. So I, I enjoyed the feel of that. Something that I, I had not seen this film before, but I had seen a scene from it and then it scarred me for like my whole childhood there. It's a very dark film. And the scene I saw was, we'll, we'll get into this later, but like where Felix Leiter is literally like shark bait. And I, and, I, and it's the villain doing this. And I honestly remember seeing this as a child, like it was on TV. And I was just like petrified, changed the channel and was just scarred for, for quite some time. But um, overall, other than the dark element of it, it was, a, for me, a, a refreshing new twist on Bond. So I gave it a seven. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I want to I break the mold a little bit here. Okay. Uh. Supporting, as you just kind of touched on, supporting characters play such a big role in this one Mm. uh, that I feel like it's almost appropriate to discuss that next. I'm okay with that. Uh, So, supporting characters. Mm -hmm. I gave this a six. Okay, yeah. Um, It's the first time, really, that Felix Leiter has a real, like, he's got a, predominant role the film starts out and felix is getting married yeah uh and and all kinds of like crazy stuff happens felix like parachutes down to his bride yeah which is just a friggin bitchin move it's badass i'm thinking you know even if you're even if your life isn't in danger (laughs) just for the photo op yeah it's probably something everyone should consider attempting. I'd say. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, Q is Q is as good as Q ever is. Oh yeah. In this, I'd, I, um, yeah, you go on. Sorry, I don't want to trump. M M M is around. Um, again, a little. Yeah. It's not. It's not the M yep. that I love. Yep. Not the M that I care about. Yeah. Um, Money Penny is Money Penny. Great. Uh, <laughs> you know, Felix is cool in this one, though. This is the first time I actually, like, noticeably mm. knew Felix. Right. Um, you know, and, and was kind of like, there was a moment where I was like, holy shit, are we, like, they just killed Felix. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, two minutes later, it's like a, oh, never mind. Which uh, I don't, which I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. Like, I feel like what happened to him was, like, lethal, but somehow he got out of it like a shark was eating him to like eating him and i just don't understand yeah. how the shark just yeah. kind of stopped part way through and 
A, yeah, how why know. the shark stopped, and B, how Felix just survived this without immediate medical attention. Oh, sure. Like, you know, at, at he's just kind of, you know, he, he gets he gets mauled by a shark, yeah. and we find him on the couch kind of just looking like maybe he, he had his wisdom teeth removed. Um, <laughs> you know, and so, which... Which I think is a testament to what a badass Felix Leiter is. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's you know, fair. even even Steven Spielberg <laughs> can't keep him down. But right, yeah. Right. Uh, so overall, I gave it a six. Sure, um, sure. I and I think I think part of that is I think the I think the filmmaker screwed up by not actually killing him. Yeah, I I'm right. I could like, listen to that argument for sure. Yeah, I would have cared more about a revenge story if it wasn't just, hey, he's off his feet for the weekend. Like it's <laughs> they kill they kill his wife, which is a big yeah, that's a big deal. Yep, right. But that was more like, <laughs> again, Bond isn't Bond didn't really know Felix's wife like i'm sure well, they've slept i'm sure they've slept together <laughs> they were a little kissy kissy at the wedding i little, was like i which i okay <laughs> look i've never been a best man i've been a groomsman a couple of times is it customary for the best man to slip the bride the tongue like i don't i don't think so it seemed a I little mean, only Bond. If if you know if it's not, then it's the type of thing that only Bond could pull off. But it was like it. He's friggin' you know. Yeah. He's he's removing plaque from her <laughs> molars, and I'm like, good at, lord, at the wedding, like in plain sight, like in front of oh, the yeah. wedding cake. They like, haven't even consummated the marriage yet. No kidding. I was the f- yeah. So the first I'm... person that his wife kisses after getting <laughs> married is Bond. Is is Captain Herpes Lip himself double oh seven. So yeah, I feel so the point is I feel like they knew each other to some degree. So I feel like there was some Felix, remorse when she passed. Felix away. just Felix just got married. Happiest day of his life. Mm. Two weeks later he's asking himself, I've never had a cold sore before. Why do I now have a cold sore? <laughs> Right, oh, and so it just—I yeah. don't know—that seemed. But overall, yeah, he sure. uh, he knew her. Yep. I think um, I just—I think I would have cared more about a revenge story had had Felix actually died. It would have made a more powerful story. I, I yeah, hear you. I hear you. So gave it a six. That's cool. I gave it a seven out of ten. So I'm not too far from you. Um, you're I, you're, you're loving this movie. <laughs> it's early. It's early. Tell me if you've heard this before. A different actor playing Felix Leiter. <laughs> now, uh, to be fair, I wondered. this guy was, he he played Felix once, so he actually truly was a carryover, and he was from the Live and Let Die rendition of Felix Leiter. Mm. So, yeah, he, he, okay. was, he was new, but he also wasn't kind of new. It was kind of a... Kind of a middle ground there. He He looked like he was familiar with a solid Bond song. When I saw him, I was like, yeah. Right. Live and let that die. seems like, yeah. Which I, which I whipped on the Spotify earlier this evening just because I was like, dang, that's that's a solid bum, hit. Bum, bum, oh, bum, bum, boom. Bum, bum. So good. Um, uh, but, but a race swap again. 
Yeah, was it right? the previous we, we just one? Had, we just had, was it the last one where we had a black Felix lighter? I honestly can't remember. It flip-flops so much. No, I think that was the one with Sean Connery with the non-Eon one. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's that's forgivable then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so to me, actually, you know, for me, Felix Slider was kind of hit or miss. Money Penny was a little bit hit or miss. You know, she's doing her typical worried about James. She always um, is, of, of note, supporting character, Wayne Newton, the like famous yep. Vegas performer, was yep. the creepy TV evangelist in this movie. Yep. Yeah, like that was kind of crazy. But for me, where this category got the seven and like really got a good score was Q. For me, Uncle yeah. Q showing up, he had, a, I'd say he had a more predominant role in the actual plot than any of the other films because he didn't just show up and drop off the gear. Like he was to a degree actively involved and like just was it, like there was a kind of a certain point, maybe 60% of the way through of the film that he showed up and then he was there to like the end. And I loved it. I loved having yeah. Q there. Um, he, and he had his typical, like, here's a room full of all my gadgets, Bond, but let me show you how they work. But I just loved how other than, or different than the other ones, he was, like, truly involved. And for me, that bumped the score. I love Q, so I loved having more of him. And Desmond, is it Llewellyn? I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but him just returning as the role was magic. And, yeah, that bumped it to a seven. I find myself nervous watching scenes with Q mm. uh, or when I know that Q's coming just because I know that at some point soon we're going to get the last performance by this actor. And I'm not yeah. 100% sure when that happens. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's I know, you know, with each film that passes, I know that we're closing in on it. Right. Um, yep. And so it's got me, you know, it's got me a little freaked out, a little yeah. cautious. Yeah. It's but. making you appreciate it, not take it for granted. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up, we have Portrayal of Bond, then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time I gave this an eight. Okay. I dro- I'm dropping it down to a six. Okay. Um, hey, that's still above a five. That's It's still above a five. Yeah. I, he just, yeah, something about him. I wasn't as into it. And this is just a funny side note. This... With with the exception of George Lazenby, mm-hmm. uh, this is the shortest running 007. He only plays right. Bond twice. Right. Yep. Do you think that that's because between the last film and this film, thirty percent of his hair had fallen out? <laughs> what? And did you not notice? No, like, I didn't. He's, oh, he's he's. Oh. He is thin and something fierce on top. Oh, I did one. not pick up on that. You know, and I know that they did some hair stuff with with Sean, Sean Connery, pretty much from the um, get go with him. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, he 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 had nice thick locks in um, the Living Daylights, and this mm-hmm. time around, uh, not so much. Stuff was receding a little bit. Um, hmm. So I was just curious. I didn't know, you know, yeah, if no, uh, if that's why he got. If that's why he got the boot. <laughs> Could be. Or not. Yeah. Um but yeah, I give it a six. You know, I I he didn't seem as gentleman spy as he did the last time around. Mm. I still think he's leaps and bounds above Roger Moore. Good lord. For sure. Um but yeah, it just uh, for some reason left a lot to be desired this time. Mm-hmm. 
That's fair. And you know what? I can still live with a six because that's still respectable. That's better than what we were dealing with with old Roger boy. Um, it's better I, than what I would give myself in the role. That's for <laughs> hey, sure. don't be too hard on yourself. I'd give you a seven. Speaking wow. of a seven, that's what I gave this film for portrayal of Bond. So I'm noticing a pattern. You are. You are. We'll see if it continues. Um, I loved seeing James Bond as a groomsman. We made some some joking of it before, but it was very, in my mind, cool to watch him a groomsman for Felix Leiter because we get to see an aspect of Bond that I, again, think we've never seen before. Him actually living out kind of a human, a sincere human friendship and that we've never seen something like that before. We've only seen his like misogynistic womanizing, but this is like I mean, a he true... gets married. Yeah. Well, okay, That, but that's like... Literally, like, two minutes of the film. Like, literally. Yeah. This is, like, a prolonged, like, ten-minute sequence where he's, like, just a friend to both the bride and the groom, and you see him interacting with people that he cares about in a non-romantic way. And I... That was a feather in the film's cap. I thought that was great. We've never seen something like that. Um, We also have a reference to Bond in his past marriage. Felix makes a reference of that. I think I think his fiance says something like, "Oh, we need to find him a girl" or something like that. And Felix says, "Well, he's had he's had his heart broken in the past." With obviously, we know that his wife was killed and and Your Majesty's Secret Service. But it's um, better to have loved and lost. Uh, yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, but yeah, overall, thought it was great. A couple little funny things that I just thought were entertaining with the portrayal of Bond. We do get some action on a boat. It returns. This time, Bond wasn't even really the pushy one. Happens it, early in the film. Not during the closing normal. credits. Yeah, kind of like yeah. midway through. So that kind of was, that was new. Uh, but yeah, he wasn't pushy. No. Bond was a victim. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but I, he wasn't a perpetrator. No, that's true. One final thing that I thought was funny was the conclusion of the film. And this is the portrayal of Bond here. I honestly felt like I was watching an episode of The Bachelor where it's literally the final scene of the film. It's at a poolside party and he's literally like hemming and hawing and choosing which girl he wants to end up with. And he literally started with one choice and then like backed away and changed his mind and chose another girl. And I like, I literally scratched my head. I'm like, really? Like we're at this level. Like it honestly felt like The Bachelor. It was kind of funny. But other other than those two funny things, I did think it was a seven out of 10. Okay. Uh, what do we have next? Villain. Uh, villain. I gave this a four. Okay. Yeah. Um. I don't know, man. I think, I think this category has been tainted for me. Mm. Um. I think when you give me a Christopher Walken. Yes. When you give me a Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. When you give me, uh, you know, these more menacing and yep. and diabolical. And super, like, someone who feels like the evil equivalent to a gentleman spy. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to come back from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so this, you know, this guy was just, he was just kind of a crime lord. Yeah. Like he was just kind of, he felt like, you know, like a, a the main antagonist in the new shitty Call of Duty game. He didn't feel like, <laughs> you know, he didn't feel like someone that Bond had to go in and. Right. And, and I think that was, that was partially it, right? Is that sure. this wasn't someone that Bond had to deal with. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is someone Bond wanted to deal with because, right? You know, Felix's pickleball game is never going to be what it used to be. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah. So I, I, oh. I just, for me, he wasn't, he wasn't worthy of Bond's attention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I gave it a four. That's fair. That's an interesting point. I gave it a lower score, but still a six. Uh, I wasn't disappointed with it, but I didn't think it was great. I feel like Sanchez, the the cartel leader, yeah, he was cold, ruthless, intimidating, but I think he hit the nail on the head. He wasn't as menacing as those other villains because those other villains, if you threw a suitcase of money in front of them, they would have spit on it and said, that's not what I'm into. I have a bigger plan that I'm trying to run out here. With Sanchez, he didn't seem menacing and calculated. Like he was more just wanting power, but more so just money. And, you know, it's a bit less of a scary villain when, you know, kind of his weak spot or his vices. And it's like, if you just buy him off, you could probably change his mind. Right? Because it's not that he's wanting a satellite for complete world domination. It's not like he's trying to steal all the gold and have a monopoly on something. Like he was just trying to sell a bunch of drugs and he's just a dick yeah exactly um but yeah you know so that was what it was of note i'm considering him in the villain category we have a very young benicio de toro is one of sanchez's personal henchmen very young very young um we also had the cliche henchman uh kind of saying where Bond was underwater for literally five, maybe 10 seconds. And we have the quote unquote, he must have drowned by now. No need to keep pursuing him. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, in the world where lung <laughs> capacity is nine and a half seconds at best. <laughs> Just don't bother pursuing him. Um, yeah. And the last part, personal reference for the villain is there's that crest dude who I had to Google what his name is. Otherwise, he was known as the white, rapey, bad guy with a mustache. Um, as soon as he lost the cartel leader's money and drugs, I'm like, you're so dead. Like, you are dead with a capital D. And again, this film got super dark where he was thrown into a friggin' pressure cooker and exploded. And I'm like, my goodness, this is this is a little too dark. So, um, yeah, this film definitely had some some flavors that i wasn't enjoying but i gave the villain a six out of ten cool uh gadgets Mm -hmm. i gave this a six i think it's uh you know i think it's a down a step down from the last one sure um you know we don't have self-detonating cars we don't have uh, we don't have a lot of the stuff that it you know that just felt it, it it was just less gadget heavy Mm, um, yeah, it was. You know, yep. this felt more like a brute force James Bond versus a uh, tactical and technology advanced James Bond. Mm, yep. um, you know, I don't even ha- I didn't I did not write down any gadgets of note. I didn't write down anything that um, that was like, oh, yeah, that was that was a strong gadget moment. Mm. Um but the gadgets are still present, and so I gave it a six. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. I give it a bit higher. Again, I hit it up with a seven. Um, the ones I made note of, there was a really killer computer with a CD-ROM drive that I was like, for 1989, that's pretty ballin'. Um, there was a video camera sniper rifle. 
There was a remote control explosive box disguised as, uh, I think it was a carton of cigarettes. And probably the clincher for me was Q. Again, he was involved with the plot. He was walking around with a broom that was actually a walkie-talkie. And then once he was done using it, just like a boss, he threw it into a bush and walked away. And I was like, boy." Yeah, it's probably a $10,000 broom. Just let it go. You know. <laughs> can't reuse R&D, it. R&D, <laughs> eat your heart out. Yeah, exactly. So, seven. Okay. Um, fights in action. Mm-hmm. I did give this a seven. Oh, okay. And honestly, a lot of it is the, even though I didn't understand anybody's motivation, I didn't really get the point of what was going on until, you know, a little later in the film. That opening sequence, the wedding sequence. Oh, yeah. With helicopters and rappelling and, and, like, it's just, it it was so badass of a fight. Yep. um, That I was... You know, I was enthralled. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Right? It was like opening a smartwatch as your first Christmas present. <laughs> and then, you know, finding out the only other present under the tree is is AA batteries. The smartwatch doesn't even take AA batteries. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I gave it a seven. And like I said, there's there's great action throughout. I still feel like we are in a different era now when it comes to action. Um, yep, I'd agree. But but that opening scene, man, it, solid, solid through and through. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I gave it pretty close. I gave it a six. So you actually outscored me for one. Um, and again, you know that, what else is there to say? That opening sequence where that, the helicopter snares a plane mid-flight and it's like dragging it around. And again, Bond and Lighter parachuting into a wedding like a couple of badasses. Like, that did not go unnoticed. It was amazing. Um, there, there was a couple sequences where Bond did some unrealistic things, but yeah, he was underwater and he was like surrounded by henchmen. It looked like there was no escape. He shoots a harpoon, flings it on the end of a plane that's taking off on the surface of the water. It drags him up to the surface. He does some water skiing on the water to the 007 theme playing. And although it was just as unrealistic as stuff we've seen in the past, the difference was it was still just so badass that I just had a laugh and I enjoyed it and it was just fun. So there was a different the, different feel to the action. Yeah, I think the difference in the past has been this is unrealistic and it's not even entertaining. Yes. Whereas this time it's like this is yes. total bullshit and wouldn't happen. Sure. But boy, is it glorious to watch. Yes. It, it was just and it was an entertaining aspect. It wasn't annoying. It was just fun. Um, cool. was, there was a bit of bullshit in there. I mean, when you throw in some rear-wheeled semi-truck stunt driving, you know, I guess that's not a Bond film until you do something like that. No film was out without sin. But ultimately, I gave it a 6 out of 10. We're not quite into the modern day, but it's definitely above an average for me. We are getting there. We're getting there. Um, next up is Bond Girl. I yep. gave this a 6. Okay. Uh, which is higher than I score most. Um, not the highest score I've given by any means. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There was just a level of independence, a level of can you know? I like I like when the Bond girls can kind of take care of themselves. Yes. Don't necessarily need Bond. Sure. Um, and I got a lot of that this time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would have scored higher. I just felt like it, the one thing that was missing from that recipe, the, the, the ingredient that we didn't get, was some good background development, some some good, you know, explanation as to who this character is. Um, Hashtag but, Honey Rider. Honey Rider. Uh, but just a strong, strong female presence. So I gave it a six. That's fair. I was pretty close. I gave it a five. So I was just more on the fence. Um, Pan Bouvier, the CIA agent, independent. I, I think it was Lupe or Lupe Sanchez's girlfriend. I I questioned her a bit at times. Just she literally was just quote unquote just head over heels for James, like in love with him. And I, there were times I was just wondering, like, why? Because in no way, like, he did not reciprocate her feelings in any way. Like he was, he wore his emotions on his sleeve. Like he was not leading her on, which. I actually gave like that's credit to James Bond. Like he was actually straight up with her. Like he wasn't picking up anything she was laying down, but still she was still so caring and like wanting to be with him. And I, I didn't understand it. So I made a reference to it before. It kind of felt like the bachelor at times where it was just kind of like, well, which girl is he going to choose? So it was a weird combo of some of them. Sometimes they're showing independence, but sometimes it was just kind of like, why are there two? What, why are they kind of just feeding off each other? So I gave it a five out of 10, just kind of somewhere in the middle. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, final category, Bond song. Mm-hmm. I gave this a three. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just forgettable. Oh. Like just com- <laughs> completely forgettable. Yep. Um, the sequence itself felt like a rehash uh, it would, it was like, hey, let's do what we've done a hundred times before, <laughs> but this time, let's not really try. Let's, you know, <laughs> something that we would normally shoot in the course of two days. Let's see if we can get done before lunch today. Uh, <laughs> it's wing night, so let's get a good seat. It's, at the... it's wing night, boys. Come on. Okay. <laughs> put the bikini on. Okay. Now put a light behind her so she's a silhouette. Okay. Perfect. Yep. Good enough. Got it. You know, <laughs> cut, yeah. check the tape, moving on. So <laughs> Exactly. Don't even bother checking the tape. Just Don't bother it. checking the tape. Whatever. It is what it is. We've got what we've got. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I gave it a three. I just didn't care. I, I will never, <laughs> by choice, listen to this song again. I mm. can't even, t- I, I couldn't, I, I just watched the movie not long ago. I couldn't tell yep. you, I can't yeah. tell you how the song goes. I can't sing it for you. Yeah. I, uh, before we were on earlier tonight, I also Spotified the theme song for this film for the same reason. I, I literally forgot every component of it. I gave it a two out of 10. Was not impressed at all. Not very good. The visuals and the tone of the song were appropriate. Like it was in line with a Bond film, but just was not good. Um, the only thing that I enjoyed from it, and maybe that's why I got a two, um, I noticed this and then I read online and I found that I was right. I found something familiar about the kind of the theme. And apparently the song was based on the horn line from Goldfinger. And actually they were required to pay royalty payments to the original writers of Goldfinger. And if you, if you listen, if you listen to it, it's, it it is got a very familiar tone. I wasn't just going to stand by and let my work get copied like that. Hey, you know what what I was supposed to do? You've worked hard. You earn it. You get that royalty check coming in. Thank you, sir. 
thank you for acknowledging, you know. Mm-hmm. No, if I were gonna lie, if I were gonna lie, I'd say I wrote "Live and Let Die." Oh, that that would be cool. Yeah. Uh, so if I take all those numbers, yes, and do some sort of confusing math, I end while up with a score. Do, while you do the confusing math, let me just do the one-liner category. You want to do that category? Sure. I'll just do it real quick, real quick now. Um, something. So there was like one kind of line there was just one kind of funny sequence and maybe this belongs more into the portrayal of bond and kind of seeing a lighter side of him but there was a sequence where he like he was dangling above something that would have crushed him to death he was kind of like hanging his hands were tied and uh bond girl bouvier yells out like hey are you all right and he's dangling over this thing that would literally rip him to pieces and kill him and he just yells out like shoot the bloody thing off and it was just funny seeing him like instead of being suave or like say something witty he just was reacting like any human being would be and be like just shut up and just save me like just i I, i'm not going to say something witty just do what you have to do um and yeah i i i got some humor out of that uh the only line that i thought was funny maybe was more of a reference to bond films there was a part where Sanchez's girlfriend said iguanas are a girl's best friend, but the camera was clearly panning on diamonds. And I thought that was a bit of a reference to diamonds are forever. Definitely. I did pick up on that. Mm-hmm. But that's it for cool. the uh, one-liners. So 5.6. Oh, wow. Uh, which is down from 6.4. Yep. Um, so That's still is, decent, though. Is not the best, but it's still considerably above the the medium yeah uh so yeah i'm i'm happy with it yeah 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 uh you know i would give it a rewatch uh if you have time to watch more than one 007 film maybe this should be one of them mm-hmm. um but definitely not the quintessential bond film no 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 um my scoring so the previous timothy dalton film i gave it in the 4.8 category this jumped up over a point. So I gave it a 5.8, almost a 5.9. So Is that the highest you've given something? It's the second highest of all the ones we've watched, second Behind only Goldfinger. to Goldfinger. Wow. So, yeah, and I'm surprised and how because How do you feel about that? I don't know because I definitely of the two Timothy Dalton ones, I preferred the previous one more just from an enjoyment perspective. So I'm surprised that the film I didn't enjoy as much got a higher score, but there were but reasons enjo- for that. Enjoyment, yeah, enjoyment doesn't necessarily equal. No, like, I I don't think that the quintessential Bond film is going to be an enjoyable film. Yeah, it, well, no, it'd be know. interesting. <laughs> it, it's possible. <laughs> it probably it probably will be. It but, probably will be. But uh, yeah, it's it's you know it's just that's why I hold out faith that this is as objective a scale as it can possibly be Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm yeah cool do Um, you have some trivia yeah more so just interesting tidbits so okay um this was the first film in the series not to use a title of an actual ian fleming story um apparently the original title was supposed to be license revoked but they changed it because they thought there would be too many People sneezing mid-sentence. Sorry. They thought there'd be too many people associating that with like liver, driver's licenses being revoked. So they switched up the name a little bit. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. There's James Bond, DWI. <laughs> um, apparently, I wasn't alone. A lot of people did give it a bit of cri- criticism for being a darker toned film. Um, and the one thing of interest, apparently, um, License to Kill was one of the lower financially successful films. So it didn't do the best. But apparently, around the same time period, Lethal Weapon 2 came out, Ghostbusters 2 came out. Batman came out and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which starred the former Bond, Sean Connery, also came out. So there was a lot of other films that were quite popular. So we've got other action like the the at this point the landscape for action films are changing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Compared Bond to Bond is no longer an unrivaled champion. Yeah, like compared to when he, when, you know, what is it, Dr. No and From Russia With Love, oh, yeah. he was kind of the only was, sheriff in town. He had the run of the run of the house. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. Cool. Um, my only question to you, where do you think this film ranks on all the 26 current Bond films on the tomato meter? Do you think it's in the top bottom, 10? I'm going to say middle? bottom 10. Bottom 10? Okay. You're wrong. It's in the top 10. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what's left in the top 10? You've got two, five, nine, and 10. I'm going to go with 10. Okay. You you nailed it. So it's 10 at 77%. Okay. 77. Wow. 77. Mm-hmm. So that's much higher than the score I gave it. Yes. Well, right? My, score, my yeah. score translates to 56%. And it's also higher than the score I gave. So yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I mean- it's just not for us not as for much us. as the, the world. you know, tomato yeah. people. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> that's, that is what it is. That's yeah. fine. Uh, shove this thing down a gun barrel for us. <laughs> sure. If you haven't done so already, please check out our links below on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please like, follow, subscribe. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, please also officially subscribe if you haven't done so already. If you want to check out our links below to our Patreon page and our merchandise page, you can help support the show, keep the lights on, and help the show grow. If you're not at that level of support, no worries. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And if you like, please leave a comment and a like on the social media platform where you saw the uh, post for the episode. We love hearing feedback from you. Yeah, whatever he said. (laughs) Uh, All right. Thank you so much. And until next time, don't... uh, don't have sex on a boat. I, I seems dangerous, risky. Yeah. People are going to catch you. Probably. You know, unless you have like your own private lagoon, then just <laughs> Even don't, then. you know, and most people don't. No. Like, if you've got if you got your own lake, like a <laughs> landlocked private lake, you own all the land around the lake. Mm. Then I guess maybe, but like There's too no, many exceptions. Just, just Let's just say do don't don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Doesn't seem clean. No.